0: Welcome to Business Brief, Missouri Business Alerts podcast focused on the business news and issues shaping the state. In this episode, we'll see how a traveling business provides first aid products to locations across Missouri and Illinois. Then, we'll hear from a CEO of a St. Louis based startup on the challenges facing the family care provider industry. My name is Siggy Reese, and I'm joined by my co host, Teddy Mallorca. Teddy, how are you doing this week?
1: Siggy, I am good. The NFL season has started. It's really starting to feel like the fall time of year. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Fall is my favorite season, so I'm really excited to get some cooler weather in a few weeks.
1: Yeah, I hear that. My, uh, my bike rides around town have been exceedingly hot, so I can't wait for some 55-degree hoodie weather. Are you ready to get into this week's headlines?
0: Absolutely. Why don't you start us off?
1: Let's do it. The Missouri legislature convened for a special session Wednesday. The session is targeted at Governor Mike Parsons' proposed income tax cut, which aims to decrease the top income tax rate from 5.3% to 4.8%, and increase standard deductions for both single and joint filers. The proposal is facing some criticism, though. Some say it leaves out older taxpayers, and that the plan could cause state programs to become underfunded. During the first day of the session, the Senate introduced 22 new bills, and the House listed five bills.
0: Missouri's Medicaid application backlog has been eliminated, according to a state official. Wait times this summer reached a peak of over 100 days and were around 85 days earlier this month. State officials had until the end of September to decrease wait times to the federal guideline of 45 days.
1: Governor Parson was one of 22 Republican governors to sign off on a letter to President Biden urging him to withdraw his student loan forgiveness plan he introduced last month. The letter argues that Biden's plan will increase inflation, and is unfair to those who have already paid off their loans. The letter also claims that the plan will force low-income Americans to pay the loans of those with higher-paying jobs.
0: Federal officials are strongly encouraging victims of the record St. Louis flooding in July to apply for government aid before the October 7th deadline. FEMA and the Small Business Association have approved over $54 million in relief. Officials are urging those affected by the flooding to register for aid at a disaster recovery center in the area.
1: And U.S. railroads and unions reached a tentative agreement Thursday to avoid a major railroad strike that would have affected fuel and food shipments. Amtrak announced Thursday it's working to recover long distance routes it canceled in anticipation of a strike.
0: Business brief will continue after this short advertisement. Know of a business or nonprofit in Boone County that has shown kindness to our community? Nominate them today for a Kindness in Business Award. The Kindness in Business Awards are proudly presented through a collaboration between Missouri Business Alert and Children's Grove. The awards aim to celebrate kindness, resiliency, and sacrifice among businesses in Boone County. Let's face it, kindness deserves recognition. We hope you will join us in nominating local businesses and nonprofits for these awards at kindnessinbusinessawards.com. Nominations are being accepted through September 30th, 2022. Again, you can nominate at KindnessInBusinessAwards.com. Spread kindness today.
1: For our first story, Siggy, you spoke to a CEO from a startup based in St. Louis, correct?
0: Yeah, that's right. I spoke to Ali Amati, CEO of T Care, a family caregiver support platform. The startup recently raised a $17 million funding round, so I wanted to learn more about its recent growth.
1: Interesting. So what did you talk about?
0: Well, we discussed the history and purpose behind T-Care and its experience navigating the family care provider industry. Here's some of that conversation. Mr. Amadi, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be here and to talk with me a little bit about your company.
2: Yeah, of course. Well, thank you for having me. I'm Ali Amadi, CEO and founder of T-Care.
0: Awesome. Um, And can you tell me about T-Care, the history and the purpose of the company?
2: Yeah, sure. So, you know, T-Care was founded about uh, six years ago when my wife and I became caregivers to my mother-in-law that was just recently diagnosed with uh, stage four lymphoma cancer and uh, started living with us. And the challenges that my wife and I were going through at that time led us to being introduced to a university research team at up in Milwaukee at University of Wisconsin, that had um, researched this whole family caregiving phenomenon and, and, and had developed a clinical model on how to help family members with their psychosocial challenges when they are taking care of a loved one with a chronic condition. And so I was introduced to this university research team and um, through this clinical protocol they helped my wife and I tremendously and, um, and I was just blown away by why this academic research project was just sitting at the university on the shelf of the university and nothing was being done with it and so I had just um, my, my previous software tech startup was just acquired uh, previous to that and, um, and this looked like an opportunity. So essentially, I took a paper binder clinical protocol out of the university six years ago and decided to turn it into a automated software product that would help families.
0: Awesome. Um, so I didn't know that you had such like a personal history behind the company. That's really, uh, really interesting. Um, so my next question... Um is uh I'm curious just about some of the challenges that uh the family care provider industry uh is facing right now.
2: What's being neglected in our industry is the actual support for the unpaid family members that are taking care of loved ones. And the the healthcare industry, the Medicaid, Medicare and other care industry has in the past just thrown respite services or home care services at the families without them actually understanding what is the root cause of the caregiver's burnout and just throwing services at them and so the biggest challenge of our industry is trying to educate medicaid medicare or social services industries that just throwing respite at families or throwing home care services at families doesn't actually help the burnout risk of these families.
0: So tell me about um, the your guys' growth over the past few years. You mentioned that you are the top in that industry right now. Um, why has your company grown the way that it has? Um, uh, if you want to elaborate on that.
2: Yeah, sure. So, you know, pre-pandemic there was 14 of us in the company. As of this morning, we are 173 employees. What led to T Care's growth was instead of us being a fee-for-service or what's known in our industry as a PEPM, PMPM type business model or pricing model, we ended up taking value-based contracts or risk-based contracts that said, you don't pay us a penny unless we actually deliver the value, the savings that we are claiming that we're going to deliver. So our growth came when we started aligning our interest to the interest of our enterprise health plan, the, the, the insurance companies, and the interest of the families.
0: Got it. Um, So tell me about T-Cares, some of your greatest accomplishments within the company. I know recently um, you announced uh, $17 million in new Series A funding uh, from some partners and investors. Um, Tell me about, uh, you can tell me about that or just any other uh, recent accomplishments um, that you guys have had in terms of growth and things like that.
2: Yeah, so we... Um, recently based on our outcomes became legislatively mandated for T-care to be used. If you, if you Google Washington and T-care right now, the very first link that's going to pop up, it's going to talk about the outcomes that we've proven in different state Medicaid programs, which led to becoming legislatively mandated in the state's Medicaid program. And then other states uh, followed And the other significance was that last year we launched a project with a large managed care organization, and we started helping preventing the burnout of caregivers of foster children, essentially preventing the burnout of foster parents to increase the permanency of the home for the foster children right here in our own home state of Missouri. And that was a Um, very successful project that we're very proud of here in our own home state.
0: Well, awesome. Thank you so much for um, talking with me today. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. For our second segment, we'll turn back to Higbee, a small town in mid-Missouri. It's another story from the latest installment of Missouri Business Alert's Outstate series, which tells the stories of small town entrepreneurs.
1: Interesting. And what's today's story about?
0: Well, today's story follows Jim Johnson, the owner of First Aid Supplies business United First Aid and Safety. He runs the business out of his house and travels to customers in a van full of supplies.
1: Very cool. I wonder what made him decide to start such a unique business.
0: So that's what Missouri Business Alert reporter Sarah Rubenstein covered. She met Johnson at his home a few weeks ago to hear about the story behind United First Aid and Safety and joined him on a restock run to see what a day in his life entails. Here's that story. Jim
3: Johnson often travels across Missouri and Illinois restocking the first aid cabinets of his customers. Johnson started his first aid supplies business, United First Aid and Safety, out of his home in Higby in 2007 after noticing a lack of local companies in the first aid supply industry. Today, Johnson still runs his business from his house with the help of his family and a friend he recently hired. Johnson says what sets him apart from his big name competitors is his friendly small business
0: flair.
4: I like to keep it lean and mean, Um, I'm able I think to keep uh, my price point at a good price point um, versus my competitors I think. Um, I kind of like being the person that takes care of my customers.
3: Johnson determines his product pricing by looking at how much he can afford and comparing that to what competitors are charging. He wants to keep his business prices fair, but he also wants to be sure he is able to keep his business running. Greg Ropp, the parts manager at Columbia Honda, remembers choosing Johnson because of his prices.
1: We, uh, we had been using another company that took care of our first aid supplies and stuff, and, and he came around looking for new businesses and we did a little bit of price comparison and stuff and and his products were quite a bit cheaper than the company we've been using a lot of other companies will try to overstock you just to make their month and stuff and um,
4: we never found that with him
3: most recently johnson is working to return back to normal sales after supply chain holdups during covid19 hiked up prices in the early days of the pandemic he sold packs of medical gloves for $200 instead of the typical $60 price. He struggled to sell these essential items at affordable prices due to the lack of supply.
4: Still hasn't really got back to normal. We still have a lot of things that are uh, back ordered and waiting to, to get here that I'm just like, you know, when's this stuff going to get back? So I don't like to tell my customers that I can't get it to them. You know, and it's kind of your hands are tied whenever your supplier saying, saying, oh, we just don't have it.
3: Johnson's tried and true approach to winning over customers is cold walk-ins. He landed his first customer, a restaurant in Monroe City, this way. It's also how he added Columbia Honda to his customer list, Rob said.
1: Cordial, happy guy, does a great job for us. So it's, it's been a good
4: partnership the whole time we've been been doing business together.
3: Johnson's community-oriented business approach is something he wants to keep, rather than expanding into a national business.
4: Most of my competitors are are much larger than me, but I think I can offer something a little different, something more personal than uh, than what they can. Because everyone, every one of my customers has my cell phone, my email address.
0: It is now time to get into our words of the week. Teddy, what word have you chosen for us this week?
1: My word of the week is Thursday night football.
0: Okay, and why is Thursday NFL football in the news?
1: Well, Amazon Prime became the exclusive streaming platform for Thursday Night Football, beginning with the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the San Diego Chargers. Amazon Prime and DirecTV struck a $1 billion deal for an 11-year partnership, allowing for the broadcast of games in over 300,000 public venues, like bars, casinos, and retailers. Some DirecTV subscribers will get to watch the games free of charge.
0: Interesting. So why is this a big deal?
1: Well, many people have expressed concern about sports broadcasts moving to streaming platforms. Major League Baseball has already made the change. Lags in streaming broadcasts are worrisome, especially to those who are involved in sports betting, though Amazon has stated that this should not be an issue.
0: Okay, so how will this deal impact Amazon?
1: Amazon made a $13 billion deal with the NFL, which means the company pays nearly $70 million in rights fees. However, it's extremely likely Amazon will see a decent amount of money, as the NFL is widely viewed. The league averaged 17.1 million viewers each regular season game in 2021. That's all I've got. What's your word this week, Siggy?
0: This week, my word is broad-based.
1: Okay, and so what does that refer to?
0: So that's how some economists are describing inflation. When they say broad-based, they mean rising prices are touching all parts of the American economy.
1: I see. So what's the latest evidence of that?
0: Well, the Consumer Price Index for August came out this week, and it showed that despite Federal Reserve Bank efforts to keep inflation at bay, prices are still increasing. Consumer prices were up 8.3% last month from 12 months before. And those increases go beyond food and gas, which are notoriously volatile.
1: Got it. So what's next in the fight against inflation?
0: The Federal Reserve Bank Committee that sets interest rates is meeting next week, and that committee is now widely expected to continue its aggressive rate hikes.
1: Something to keep an eye on for sure.
0: Definitely. For our closing thought, here's Jim Johnson, the owner of United First Aid and Safety, again.
4: Um, So a lot of it I just kind of learned by uh, just doing it. Uh, That's basically how I um, started the company. I didn't... I knew that customer service and having a good product line is what I needed to do but as far as um, I had didn't work a lot of people that I've talked to who have been started similar companies to me have worked for one of the big national companies like CentOS or Z uh, I didn't do that I I was in a different realm of route sales um, so a lot of it I just learned on the fly and still learning today even you know 15 years later
0: Well, that is all for this week. Thank you to the M33 Project for providing music for this episode. For my co-host, Teddy Mallorca, editors Cole Miller, Katie Quinn, Skylar Rossi, and Michael Stacey, I'm Siggy Reese, and this has been Business Brief. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.